In this episode of the 405 Film Podcast, I say sure, why not a lot, and now you see me too. Sean digs deep into Swiss Army Man, that Daniel Radcliffe corpse film, and we introduce you to our first ever shit film Sunday in Epicenter. Stay tuned for 30 minutes of the punchiest film chat you never knew you needed on your commute, your gym workout, or just walking somewhere in general. Right, roll the music. Welcome to the 405 Film Podcast with Sean Melton and Adam the Bonatti Roche. No, no. I'm gonna go now. Is it like the first part, the very first part? Here we go. Oh, no, save that. Here we go. Hold your breath. Hello, welcome to this first episode of the 405 Film Podcast. I'm Adam Libanati Roach, and you are? I'm Sean, no last name. Why no last name? I like to keep it anonymous until you find my Twitter and then my last name's there. It's like a treasure hunt. It is like a treasure hunt. I'm Bacon Chin on the internet. You want people to find you, so you don't want to say who you are. Sharnacious, which is my rap name. But I'm not a rapper, but if I was, it would be my rap name. I don't know if I'd have a rap name. Bacon Chin seems to work for me. Um, anyway, make sure you follow us and make sure you follow the 405. That is the 405 on Twitter for all things music, culture, film, and tech goodness. Anyway, before we jump into the illusion terrorism that it was, now you see me too. More on that term later because you'll get to hear me ranting about it just outside the bus stop. Big thanks and big shout out to Ollie for giving us this chance to have a little go at something new. Like a new podcast about film instead of all the music stuff. We love music, but you know. Films are good too. Films are good too. Anyway, so into it. Now you see me too. I, I don't really want to talk about it too much because it really grinded my gears. And we don't want to be in this be a negative podcast, do we? We want to be positive as fuck. First word. We want to be positive, yeah? Yeah, so you should leave and let me talk about how much I enjoy this movie. Okay, I'm going to leave. Uh, cue door shutting sound effect. <laughs> um, okay, so talk to me about Now You See Me Too. Well, first of all, I love the first one in a way that people shouldn't love a movie like that, I think. Like, I was telling you, the first time I saw it, I watched it twice in a row. I enjoyed it so much. How long is that in a row? I don't, well, I was working a job where I had to sit and do nothing for hours on end, so it amused me. There was Magic and Mark Ruffalo, which I think are the only two things you need in a film. Mark Ruffalo makes any film 60% better. Mm-hmm. He did that with Keira Knightley, didn't he? Is he in a Keira Knightley film? Yes, he is. He sings yeah. in one. He sings as well, so you can do yeah. magic and he sings. Yeah. Okay, so now you see me too. Is it anything different? Does it follow on from the first? If you liked the first, should you see this? If you hated the first, should you see this? If you liked the first, you should definitely see this. If... Okay, you seem to stop. <laughs> if you... You're playing with your fingers a lot. It's like you're trying to think of a reason why you should see it if you like, didn't like are, it. There are no good reasons to see this film. It's a pile of garbage. But it's ah, a you said be- it. It's a beautiful burning pile of garbage that I think should be experienced just for that sole fact that it's a pile of garbage. It's not a good movie. It's messy in a way. Like The first one was definitely messy, and the first one solved all its problems by just saying, Magic! Woo-hoo! And, yeah. And this one does it too, but it's not as satisfying. <laughs> it's just confusing. And I watched the I'm still in shock. I'm still on a, an emotional and mental journey. I don't know where it's going to take me. It may take months, years. 
decades even I doubt with I it. Realize, I am still dealing with it because part of me still wants to love it and part of me does love it just because of how much I love the first one. Which is a lot. So too much. much. It is too much. It's too much. You love it too much. But again, you Mark know, Ruffalo and magic. I think that's okay. And this one, this one had more Mark Ruffalo and more magic because in the first one, he's not as accepting of magic, and the second one, he more or less embraces it. And so you know, there's just it's like trifold. You know how I dealt with that film. You cried. I didn't cry. Just say any bit of magic from the film. Okay, rain goes up. Sure, why not? Um, there's an airplane in the air, but not really, but yes, but no. Sure, why not? Cars fly through the air and hide inside Lizzie Kaplan's bra. Sure, why not? Because uh, I ended up I ended up sitting there watching the film, and I think I said it in my head 20 times or something. I like, I like to, you know, suspend my disbelief in films. I'm a big fan of... The next film we're going to chat about, Independence Day Resurgence. Like, I suspended my dis- like my belief, my disbelief for that. I did that with Transformers 1, regrettably. And, but with this, it just... It really... I couldn't do it anymore. I can't lie to myself. I lie to myself enough as it is about general day-to-day things. I can't lie to myself about enjoying a film. Be like, yeah, sure, why not? Jesse Eisenberg. I like him. He still has that weird um, Adventureland vibe about him to me. But I'll get past that one day, and after the whole Jolly Rancher incident no. in Batman vs Superman, I don't want to talk about that. everything's tainted. No, I think we should. You've got one minute quickly to talk about why you don't like Jolly Ranchers anymore. And if you out there in podcast land notice as well, tweet at the four hundred five or tweet at Sharnacious with just photos of Jesse Eisenberg no. and Jolly Ranchers. No, no. Why not? No, because he shoves one in a grown man's mouth in Batman vs. Superman, and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. And I've actually seen that movie twice. I okay. don't know why. But I've witnessed that scene twice now. And it's, it's still... Oh, God. I'm impressed I saw this movie with his face in it. But he didn't need any Jolly Ranchers, so it's okay. And there was magic. Okay, you have... Give me five quick reasons why you should see Now You See Me... Now, why you should see Now You See Me Too. That's a fucking tongue twister. One, we've been talking about a lot, but magic. Magic is fun. And magic is great when you can make a bullshit movie that makes zero sense, and your reasoning for half of why it all works is magic. It's a wonderful cop-out. More movies should utilize this tool. Two. It's a great tool. Two, there's a fight scene. Three. No, you have to explain. No, don't explain scene. the fight scene. Three. But you need to know there's a goldfish and a bunny rabbit. Okay, that's enough. And also Three. Mark Ruffalo. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman was given a lot of opportunities in this film to sit in a lazy boy whilst in jail, to goad on the FBI by giving delicious one liners, and by sending people to their maybe deaths. Four. I, you learn a lot. What what what? I learned a lot about quantum mechanics, and if I'm ever faced with a scientific query, I should shout, what gives? What gives? What gives? What gives? Or my favourite line from it, you had me at hell. You learn that everyone is okay with a relationship that a man has with a bird in his pants. No one is bothered by that. Is that the fifth one? No, the fifth one is... There's going to be a third one. Yeah, that's the worst <laughs> reason to go see it. I'm trying to think of... No, because you have to... That's like, like saying go see um, Attack of the Clones because there's going to be a third no, one in that you, series. you need to see it so you can get like the full story because who knows what's going to happen in the third one. Probably the end of time. And Anything. is it a date movie? No. There you go. 
Okay, so that's Now You See Me Too. It's out in all good picture places and bad ones too. Like, I don't know. All cinemas are good. Yeah, all cinemas are good. Apart mm. from the one we saw it in, there's just like people shining their lights and on their phone the whole time. Anyway, that's Now You See Me Too. Go see it. It's got Jesse Eisenberg in, or don't see it. It's really up you to you. You should see it. You should definitely see it. 100%. Right. Make someone else pay, but go see it. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. I was particularly excited about this because as a child who was 10 when the first one came out, that movie was everything to me. I had the toys. I can still recite the toy commercial tagline. It was ID4, get off our planet. I don't think they had the toys here in the UK, did they? No, I, I, I got a baseball hat. I had Independence Day toys. Oh. I had a good life, good childhood. And so I think we've all been waiting for this sequel literally 20 years, exactly 20 years. And so 20 years they use um, yeah, yeah. the film tagline. Yeah, exactly. It has been 20 years that we all wasted. Pin, got that right. And the film was... It was good. Better than Now You See Me Too. Mm. I will begrudgingly admit this. But it was a totally different kind of film. Because it wasn't exactly like the first one. It was a completely different genre. Um, it still had Jeff Goldblum in it, which is key. Uh, Will Smith was not there. I wasn't too. I wasn't too bothered by that. I don't know. I was fine with the Liam Hemsworth replacement. I don't think Liam Hemsworth is nearly as um, witty, I guess, as Will Smith, or like has as much sass. Um, but I think he did a fine job replacing him, because all that really matters is Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I agree with that. And. Um, there was an addition of, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but there was there was a robot. Yeah, maybe just say a robot. That's was, about it. Yeah, there was a robot. I won't explain the robot, but one of my favorite subgenres of film is quirky robots trying to make it in this world. So now this film sort of falls into that category, which I wasn't expecting. It was a shock to me, shock to my system, and I'm still processing that. But I also don't know if the robot was entirely quirky enough. Oh, and there were aliens. There were aliens. They were there. They were there. They exploded things, as aliens are wont to do when they come to planet Earth. You're going to ask me for my opinion on it, like I said? Do you have an opinion on it? Yeah. Okay, share it. I want to do it as Judd, Her Judd Hirsch does. That's my David! <laughs> David. David! 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 <laughs> if any of you remember Independence Day 1, who doesn't? David! So, when we saw it, you know... If it, do you, Everybody, you must have all watched Independence Day 1. You all have your own favourite part from it. What's yours? My favourite... From Independence Day 1, not Resurgence, the aptly named sequel. Is it apt? Uh, aptly, sure, why not? They did research. Sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? Sure, they, why not? They, Aliens, they, sure, why not? Why not? Why not? Dive it! <laughs> um, my favourite part was always the dog. Um, I don't remember the dog's name, but like running through the fire and like, you know... Getting saved and being, yeah. I think was... more people were excited about the dog surviving than 
the fact that and they did math on this maths no I I uh, okay I'm bambling I watched a video recently about the true economic cost of Independence Day one mm-hmm. I will find the link and I'll put it in the article this goes up with but they were saying a true economic cost both human as well supposedly around two billion people died in the first Independence Day attack if it was real, all right, I know it's not real, fuck's sake. And what that then led to was economic collapse. And the fact that 20 years later, we've managed to do all of this is actually not possible. Because like a lot of the workforce has gone. And a lot of the workforce was killed. Anybody who doing the normal labour jobs were dead. So, and all in the main cities where the infrastructure are and the mobile telecoms... And they said in this video it'd probably take around like five, six years to actually get that going before they even started rebuilding. Anyway, I trans- I, 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 I tangentized there. We were just talking about the dog. I like the dog. But you bring up a good point because, yeah, there wouldn't have been any people left. Although they do say they have alien technology which help, helps them rebuild. Yeah, but... But that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people to be dead. That's like two billion people gone. Like, poof! Yeah. And they were saying, like, the places that never got attacked were just countries that didn't have cities. So, yeah. Madagascar. And all the sex workers were dead because they all climbed up on the roof. Oh, God, yeah! That one roof, they're all gone. They're too curious. Is that where all the sex workers are? They all yeah. go to that one roof. Yep, that Quickly, one roof. fly out to LA. Get on that roof. Yep. Make your sign. Welcome the aliens. Welcome to Earth. Ah, that's... So, the adult entertainment industry would have collapsed entirely after Independence Day 1. Yeah. Like, talking about the sequel... I don't want to go into any too many spoilers. I probably, if you want to talk to me about spoilers, then follow me at Bacon Chin. I'll happily talk to you about Independence Day all year round, until the next one comes out in twenty years time. Because I may not make a third one for a bit, but I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna be like I enjoyed this film. You should see it. The reason I'm gonna like talk about it is it's a childhood movie of mine, the original, and the second one is sort of like a copy and paste job. But it's entertaining. If you like taking your brain out of your head, leaving it at the door to the screen and just like norming your way through through popcorn really quickly, then you'll enjoy Resurgence. If you're a critical analysis... Analysis? Analyst. Analyst. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Then you're, you're definitely seeing the wrong film. Yep, don't go see it. But, what, yeah. Well, what change would you make? So if you in the independent... Oh, no, not change... No... What would your third film be? Actually, no, what would your second film be? So we're not going to try and spoil the second one. After Independence Day 1, what would you have done? Oh, what would I have done? Okay, well, I still like the 20 years later thing, or however many years it took to make it, but let's say let's say 20 years had passed. I would have given Will Smith whatever he had asked for to be in the scene <laughs> and not have killed him off. He had Margot Robbie, though, in Suicide Squad. They're totally not seeing each other. He could have done both. Yeah, lazy Will. (sighs) He just wanted to be the star, and they wrote Jeff Goldblum as the star of the second one. Big question, though. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, hotter now or hotter Hotter younger? Hotter now, 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 now. Hotter in this or Life Aquatic, where he's wearing a really nice sweater? I, I like the character he plays in these movies. I think it's just super sexy. Hotter in this or Grand Budapest Hotel? This. Ah, so for all your Jeff Goldman fans out there. But I, I think he's hotter in Jurassic Park than in the Independence Day films. Tough. Yeah. Alright, so that's Independence Day Resurgence. Um, 
You can see it. Just go see it. It's going to be at cinemas soon. Watch it in IMAX as well. Or watch in Dolby Atmos. We did it at Picture House Central. Cheap plug. And it was good. Yeah, surround sound. You can really feel it. You can define really feel it. Oh, like the sound is like behind you and on top of you and to your left and right. You're like, where is it coming from? All around me. A quick a quick one. Like a friend of ours, Dad, went to see it in 4D and he was texting him. Elliot, you may know him. Um, yeah, just, yeah, we all know Everyone knows everyone, Elliot. Everyone. Elliot! I was texting him saying, don't go see that film in 4D. It's like constantly they're blowing air in your face and spraying water on you and shaking your seat. Why would anyone go see a, like a non-stop like, action film in 4D, though? Because you're just like being vibrated you're the just whole jiggling time. Like, yeah, you would just be jiggling the whole time. Or Why would anyone see any 4D film? What I, film? Didn't even, I didn't even know 4D films were still a thing. I didn't they know got 5D happened. in Japan. I thought 4D was kind of don't what even you know did what that at D Disney is. World, and you like it was like the little thing you did at Disney World, and it was fun, but it wouldn't exist in the real world. Yeah, real world is Disney World these days. I guess we are can. living in a Disney World of <laughs> illusional proportions, where we just go, sure, why sure. not? At every decision that sure. gets made, sure. sure, why not? Anyway, sure, go why see not? go see Independence Day Resurgence, but also go see Now You See Me Too. No, don't do that. Don't <laughs> see do that. See them both back to back. Why not? Right, we're gonna go get a quick drink. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Right, we've got water. Ready, we're hydrated, remember? Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Keep classy, London. I'm Adam. I'm Sean. And we're gonna talk about indie films. I know fuck all about indie films. I just. I used to think I was really big into films, and I just ended up falling away. You are, you aren't though. I'm a little what bit. What do you do outside of this? Outside of sitting here recording podcasts with you, I don't exist. Explain what you do. I sometimes, occasionally work at film festivals. Not only that. What else do I do? She run. You fucking. Oh, that yes. Well, it, that's not a film festival, though. I run a film society. It's feminist. It's pretty awesome. You know stuff about films, though. I do know stuff about films. So, what film are you going to introduce us to? I mentioned it earlier about corpses and Daniel Radcliffe. Yes. It just, is. Just what? explain what? it. I'm just explain so confused it. by it all. You shouldn't be confused by it all. It's a beautiful, exploitative film about the meaning of life and death and Daniel Radcliffe as a Farting Corpse. What? Yeah, it's called Swiss Army Man, directed by Daniels, not the Daniels. They are two men named Daniel, but they call themselves Daniels all in caps, because why the fuck not? And uh, this film is at Sundance. I haven't seen it yet, though. I decided to see a different film instead on my last day. I could have seen this one, because I knew it would come out eventually, because of course it's going to come out eventually. It's a film that stars Dana Radcliffe as a corpse and Paul Dano as an alive person. And the closest, uh, the most common description of it has been Weekend at Bernie's meets Castaway. And just, but add in a lot of farts. And so then you have the film. But what intrigues me most about the film, beyond the fact that I think it looks pretty awesome, you should go find the trailer and watch it, is that the score was um, written by two of the members of Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, yeah. Yes, who we all love. At least Music plug. Music plug for Music Site. There we go. 
And um, the the soundtrack is on Spotify now. You can listen to it. You can watch a little like lyric video of one of the tracks called Montage, which is about how everyone needs a montage. That's like Team America. Exactly. So this is prettier. It is 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 the montage song from Team America, but a little prettier and about falling in love and becoming best friends and eating fish, being pals, shooting raccoons and being pals. Yeah. So you'd recommend to go see it. Yeah, whenever it comes out here, it's out in the States now. It's not out here. One of the saddest things about living here is waiting for films to come out. But it will come out here soon. And we'll all go see it together. All of us. Craziest thing about that. I do marketing and advertising. Boo! For a living. Sort of. Well, I do, don't I? Yeah, I do. do. Yeah. And um, for that film, they actually made a life-size dummy of Daniel Radcliffe. And to promote the film, they dragged that around with them. Yep, his name's Manny. If you uh, go check out um, A24, which is the uh, production company, um, they are posting a lot of stuff about that. I'm pretty sure, obviously, the film has its own Twitter handle, too. You can go see Manny in action. Manny in action? I don't want to see, like, a corpse. Well, it, you know, he's a mannequin. That's why his name's Manny. It's not a real corpse. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't actually put the link together. That's why it's called Manny. That's really <laughs> dumb. There we go. Manny the mannequin. He looks exactly like Daniel Radcliffe. It's really eerie. But if you're, you know, if you're in the U.S., maybe you can find him. Take a picture with him. If you take a picture of Manny and you find it, tweet it at us. At the 405. Ollie will know what to do with it. He'll be like, oh, yeah. so it's film people doing their film thing again, so making sure everything's socially activated. More Mannies. So many Mannies. <laughs> too much Manny. Too little time. There's always enough time for Manny. What's coming up in the next few weeks? What can we talk about? We will be talking about more films, I guess, that we watch. No, indie ones. Oh, more indie ones. Well, there's a bunch more coming out soon that I'm really excited about. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, Tickled, which is a documentary, and Captain Fantastic are all, I believe they'll be early fall films that we can look forward to here in the beautiful UK. That's called Autumn. Um... Oh, yes, Autumn. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's Autumn here, isn't it? Do your English accent? I just did. Hello, I'm Speedy. Hello, I live in England now. I'm British. Oh, Britland. Anyway, tickled, search for it. Watch the trailer for it. Your, Your mind will just explode. There's no words to explain that documentary, but it's all real. I will say that it's not a mockumentary. I have seen it. My mind has been blown, still blown. It's crazy. Sure, why not? Why not? What are you pointing at? It's the next section. You can interrupt me and say stuff, you know. Oh. You should. Be more... Well, I don't like interrupting people. It's rude. <laughs> I don't actually know where he can finish that bit. So, Adam, tell me a little bit about Shit Film Sunday. <laughs> I want to hear uh, about this. So, uh, outtakes. Okay, that's going to take some editing. Just had a bit of a problem there about words. That's, that's why you edit some for certain podcasts. Shit Film Sunday. Well, as I mentioned in the bit before the tunes at the start, it's an idea we had. Where you watch a shit film on a Sunday. Fuck, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Absolutely mind-blowing. Sure. Why we do it is, like, we started by watching Birdemic and Troll 2. Long time ago. If you know films at all, you'll know Troll 2. It's been in the top ten list of the worst films that you need to watch. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yeah, so we just... Started doing that every Sunday. You get two or three films together, get some mates around, and start drinking. It came from the idea of Shit Face Sunday. And it was when it's quite dark outside. And then actually, it's now it's kind of taken over even in summer. 
Um, so our first film of this season for you all to watch. You know, if you want to get your mates together, grab some beers. I recommend beer, not spirits. These films are bad. If you're drinking spirits at the rate that I was drinking and whilst watching the next film I'm going to talk about on Sunday, then... Oh, um, bad news bears, I was in the same boat. Yeah, bad, that was... Mm. Epicenter. Introducing Epicenter, our first ever shit film Sunday. Um, fuck. I wrote some notes on it. Here you go. I'm going to read it out for you. What happens when you throw an ex-porn star and a martial arts fighter into a story that's more than just focus on an earthquake? That's right, you get Epicenter. It, it, I just, it, it is essentially I just, two films in one. I think it's more than two. It, 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 maybe this two is what, and a half. Two, okay, you know what? Actually, three. There are three films. There were three writers who got together, and one said, I want to make an earthquake movie. The other one said, no, I want a hacking FBI film starring an ex-porn star. The Not even third good person hacking. was like, I want two children to be trapped in an elevator with an old man with a puppet. Okay, let's let's talk about that. What was his name? Swimming, swimming Brad? There was a small girl who had a name. We don't care. Fuck her. But she had her hot side piece was Swimming Brad. He was a small boy. <laughs> who I like to think was... He was from an athletic family and his first name was Swimming. Mr. Brad. Mr. First Brad. First name Swimming. Son of gymnastics and fitness. <laughs> and he got trapped in an elevator with this little girl when an earthquake happened. Because, you know, you always get trapped in elevators during earthquakes. But what they weren't counting on, what nobody ever counts on in an earthquake, is getting trapped in an elevator with an old man with a parrot puppet. Squawk, squawk, squawk. It was, it was squawk, squawk, squawk. Yeah, but did it have a name? I don't remember if he said the name of the parrot. But this wasn't like a fun old man, like in a sitcom where he'd like tell them great stories. This was an old man who told them they were going to die, essentially. Told them the worst was yet to come and then peaced out. Was he actually the there? first sign of trouble. Do you think he was actually there or was think, he just a metaphor? So they, <laughs> metaphor for what? The dangers of earthquakes? The dangers, the dangers of being of... in lifts with older men. I don't know. With a parrot on their hand. I mean, maybe, maybe he was trying to warn her about swimming Brad. I can't... I, yeah, maybe Swimming Brad was like a problem child. We will never know. But that is only ten minutes. That's, that's of only this, a small bit of this film. Ten minutes of a film that is an hour and 38 minutes long. And the elevator scene takes up less than ten minutes of that, probably. Maybe more like five. I'm like, a I'm a connoisseur of also like finding the worst sex scenes in films. And after watching The Room, I thought, wow, nothing's going to beat this, but... In Epicenter, the sex scene in it is uh, so methodical and so robotic that it's like somebody was just searching through Beginner's Guide to Sex on YouTube and put it all together. I still think If you make the letter L, that's how it is when she's on top. And she was like, well, I didn't understand about it. And I've seen a lot of, like, shit films, not all with sex in, most of them, was she just kept pushing down on his stomach. So it's like... I think she was maybe giving him CPR whilst also was fucking him. She was performing CPR on him. And that could have been their thing. Maybe that's their thing, is that he passes out, like, asphyxiation or whatever. She does her thing and then resuscitates But him. it was such a weird zoom in. Like, I'm going to... Okay, do you want to hear what it sounds like? It sounds like this is the scene from the film. I've ripped it. You can listen.
No, no, no. No, that was trying to assume it. But yeah, what you just heard was what it was. But it's just, I don't get it. No, but also that was 20 seconds of this film because the film is actually technically about an FBI agent trying to bring in a hacker and they get interrupted by an earthquake. And there's also, apparently also this film stole scenes or maybe yeah. borrowed them officially. They at least borrowed one officially because it was right. They they stole little bits of other films, and it actually, in retrospect, makes sense because we're watching this, and there's a fairly it's not an epic car chase scene, but for the fact that I'm, this film is made with the same budget that's probably going toward this podcast at this point, which is zero dollars or zero pounds. Sponsors. The the car chase scene was impressive, and then we realized because it was taken from another film. It was a film called Metro. It was Metro of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And And Speed. And there was something that was taken from Speed and something from another film. And so every time there was anything where we were like, oh, how did they get the money to make that explode? It was a scene ripped from another film. And then every time it was like, oh, there's just, you know, soft foam bricks being thrown on extras. That was the actual film. There's a drinking game for this as well. I'm yet to find it. However, when I do, that will be in them comments. What could be the drinking game? Every time that someone tries to shoot someone and they miss. Well, you... That happened more than a generic Bond film. What about how many times, like, the handcuffs change? Like, how, like... Because the main character ends up getting handcuffed to various things at various times. He's handcuffed to things, handcuffed to people, then handcuffed back to things, and handcuffed to himself... I feel like there's a game hiding in there somewhere. There is a game hiding in it. And if you fancy doing this for your own shit film Sunday, let us know. Like, get your mates together, get a bottle, a bottle of vodka maybe. Or, you know, that's if you want to go wild like we did by accident. If yeah. not, just get some, like, tins. We didn't mean to. We weren't expecting it to be that, just whatever it was. Although, you know what? I would sooner watch Now You See Me 2 again before I'd watch Epicenter again. Fair enough. It's just a mediocre film, but it's an awful film, and it's a good way to start off your and our shit film Sunday, don't you think? It is. It's a good way to ease into it. and like, Just like that sex scene. Yeah. I don't, they weren't easing, though. There was no easing in that scene. Hip-hop thrusting. It, was, it wasn't even really thrusting. It was, like, rolling. It was very strange. Rolling. It was very, very strange. So that's it, Epicenter. Watch it, let us know what you think. Tweet it at the 405 or at Bacon Gin or at Sharnacious. And like, use hashtag shitfilmsunday. We do, and you can see all the photos we take, including like sadness. Sadness, box covers, really interesting. Box covers, oh thanks, you're making people want to do it now, aren't you? Like, oh, there you go. Right, that's our four sections done. That's our like that's our first ever half hour podcast completed. It's all right, wasn't it? Yeah, we did good. Should we high five? We didn't actually do it, but you don't know that. Wow, he just clapped. He didn't want to high five me. That's fine. I didn't want to high five you anyway. No, absolutely not. You missed your opportunity. Maybe next time. Before we go, what's your one film trivia fact for the week? Off the top of your head, no notes allowed. Off the top. There are notes of in this. My head, my fun fact I learned whilst doing a little bit of background research on Now You See Me 2 very important that Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine have acted in six films together and are working on their seventh 
which I think is kind of nice. I guess Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper are catching up on that. They are. They really are. I have no facts, apart from Nicolas Cage likes to wear three garments of clothing on his top half in most films. Especially when he's hunting for treasure. When he's hunting for treasure. And that's actually what we're going to go and do now. We're going to go hunt for treasure. Real treasure? Really? Fucking real treasure, yeah. I've heard that there's some treasure near here. Really? Treasure of Dalston. Treasure of Dalston. I have heard of this. <laughs> yep, something like that. The treasure of D-Town. I feel like I heard Nicolas Cage talking about this at some point. Shh, what's that sound? It's Nicolas Cage. He's heard us. He's coming. He's heard us. The bees. What else? Uh, anyway, I've been... Who am I? You're Adam, I think. That's the one. And yep. you've been Sean. Yes. And thank you to listening for listening to this first 4 or 5 film podcast. Yeah, thank you, because you could have done other things, like made hot dogs or read a bit of a book. Or watch an episode of Frasier, but you listen to this instead. We salute you. We do. Good job. I'm going to leave you with a clip of me as I came out of Now You See Me Too. And if you didn't believe that I was angry about it earlier, enjoy this. Bye! Do you not say bye? Oh, bye. It was just like so loud, I didn't really want to jump in afterwards. hold it to my face I don't I, it's just I just don't know I really don't know I knew it was I just I thought I knew it was going to go in London I was like oh fuck where haven't they been they haven't been to fucking London I knew it was in London I what they're going to do with it oh fireworks of course it's New Year's Eve what is he like I, and I don't understand there's so much wrong with it so much wrong so if his dad had the same watch why couldn't his dad have got out because the safe was warped, they said that no, no, no. in the first one. It's the same safe, it was the same metal, they even mentioned that. That was the prototype. Why did Morgan Freeman try and kill him? What if that had gone wrong? Like, the fight. What was that fight? I, I, I know, as I said, it's about half a second again. I couldn't see what was going on. Then Mark Ruffalo was surprised, and a rabbit appeared as well. I. 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 I so, <laughs> This podcast has been a production of the 405. Script and stuff by Sean Melton and Adam Libanati Roach. Editing by Adam again. Editor of the 405 is Oliver Primus. Remember, there's always money in the banana stand. Also, we're looking for sponsors. Love movies and want us to talk about your brand before, after, during, and probably when we're getting a latte? Drop me an email at adam.libanatiroach at gmail.com.